0: Well, this opening statement uh, from a uh, release uh, from the White House, let me read this first here. We must simultaneously recognize that uh, biological risks are growing. We face an increased threat of naturally occurring emergent diseases, as well as the potential for laboratory accidents and intentional misuse of life sciences and biotechnology. Well, that opening statement there, my friends, comes from the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, and it's on the United States approach to strengthening the Biological Weapons Convention. Hmm. Wow. You know, you take a look at what, what the world has gone through with COVID, and you have to say the world, you know, we think about in terms here of what we went through in America, but this, this is a world event. You think of the deaths around the world, and I mean, this thing devastated Europe, surely. And, uh, you know, it changed lives and it destroyed lives, for sure. and changed lives forever. And uh, it's something that the world uh, surely will never forget. And we still are uh, feeling the ramifications of it. And yeah, there's a lot of politicizing, of course, like everything, it's a tool that power seekers use. I mean, I get all that, You you know that as well. Um, but I want to talk today about a couple of different things. And one specifically is the bioweapon aspect of this, okay? But you've heard a lot about this. You heard a lot about, you know the early signs of where it came from in the Wuhan Virology Lab there in Wuhan, China. And we've talked plenty about that. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of skeptics out there, or at least people that may be in denial who really don't understand that this really was a bioweapon. Uh, versus something that was in nature, a natural habitat that just developed, you know. Uh, And this coronavirus, which was, you know, named COVID-19 here, um, the way it approaches the cells, and, you know, I think a lot about this because of the damage it's done to so many people, but the way it gets into your cells uh, is interesting, in it In other words, in a normal coronavirus or a normal flu, influenza, it gets it it stays in your nose, your mouth, throat area. It doesn't invade. That's the word I'll use. Invade your cells. You see. Right. This one. Well, this is designed to invade your cells. So it's it's a well, it's a it's a terrorism weapon is what it is. And it's when we say wreak havoc with your body. I mean, we've learned so much about this over the past many, many months and these past couple of years now. But you know, so, so think about it in those terms where you have your cells, and once it in, in, in invades your invades your cells, all bets are off. All bets are off, and that's where you get a lot of problems and a lot of long term problems as well. That's where a lot of the uh, uh, you know, the uh, pericarditis and mitocarditis come from. A lot of these things come from the, uh, the fact that it is uh, violated those cells. And there's a lot of long-term consequences of that, my friends. And, and we deal with the health ramifications of all of that. But that's, in my world, that's the bioweapon part of this. This thing was engineered. It was re-engineered. And it was re-engineered to do harm You follow me. So that's why this event is a bioweapon. And what I share with you there is really not in controversy. That's all confirmed. That's data. There are just those people who don't admit what is really rather obvious. And sometimes people don't admit it for political reasons. They do it to soft sell it. Uh, But, you know, all of this does damage uh, to people who don't hear the truth. You know, they're not hearing the truth and they don't really understand what this thing does. Now, I'll have an interest in um, a clip I wanna play from Dr. Peter McCullough in just a bit here. And it actually is one of the best clips I've heard on this that explains exactly what I've just said in layman's terms. He says it much, much better. Uh, than I, go figure, huh? Uh, being a doc and all, and but he he will play that just a bit here, and then Dr. Lehman Young will be here as well. So we've got a lot to talk about. I also want to talk about uh, the Olympics today, with you a little bit on the backside of the program here. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, President Joe Biden said he's considering a uh, diplomatic boycott of the 20. Uh, 20- 22 Winter Olympics, there's been a lot of talk about boycotting the Olympics for a while. Now diplomatic, and there's a whole lot to that story as well, what that really means. Of course, you know, the spokes uh, foreign minister from China doesn't like any of those words. People are talking about that around the world. And he came back and said, you're really not invited anyways, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, And there's a whole protocol of how people get invited to the Olympics. But the question I have, I'd like to pose to you all is, uh, should the world engage in these Olympics in China, in Beijing? Should they engage? Should the United States engage? Right? Though that's the simple questions. I mean, do, do we? You know, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Olympics were supposed to be non-political. You know, that's what I was told as a kid, as as a, as a lad. But we all know they're not. They're they're not that way. They've always been politicized. Sadly, to the demise of the athletes. Uh, countries have always used the Olympics in in some way, shape, or form for their agenda. So it's really never been about the athletes specifically. I wish it was in a perfect world. But my fellow Americans, we do not live in a perfect world, for sure, sadly, but it's accurate, you know. So we'll touch on that as well uh, today as well here. So this statement from Uh, Jacob Sullivan is interested in with the Biological Weapons Convention. Let me open up the program right now and bring on Dr. Lee-Meng Young here. Uh, She's an independent virologist. Uh, She was the whistleblower, called out the CCP. Uh, She's not exactly in their fan club these days, but she is a truth teller, and she puts it out there. She is one of our experts on America Out Loud and always uh, delighted to have you, Dr. Lee-Meng Young. Uh, Welcome here to The Voice of a Nation.
1: Hi, Malcolm.
0: From the first time I've met you, you've talked about what this is or isn't as far as a bioweapon goes. But that statement from the White House, the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, he says here, it is vital for us to work together across the health, security, and development sectors to enhance biopreparedness, biosafety, and biosecurity globally, and to reinforce the norm against the development and use of biological weapons. Now, specifically, Dr. Myung Young, I want to talk about because in the statement, he talks about non-state actors. He says here, the United States has made it clear that the weaponization of biological agents and toxins is unacceptable. Unfortunately, we are concerned that some nations still possess biological weapons programs, while other nations as well as non-state actors seem, seek to acquire them. Now, non-state actors or terrorists is what we're talking about here. That's what a non-state actor, that's the reference point here. They don't say terrorists there, but that's what that means. These are people that are not uh, in, you know, not a uh, head of a country, not a nation specifically. So they're non-state actors. And that's a whole group of people around the world who wanna do harm which really make biological weapons more dangerous than we think they are. But his point, Dr. Li-Meng when he says, okay, they're unacceptable, we get that, but we're concerned that some nations still possess biological weapons programs, what other nations as well as non-state actors seek to acquire them. Give us your perspective, two, two things here. One, first of all, from what I understand, China right now, and, and I, I, I know we've talked about this before, in many of their labs, this is the order of the day, they are absolutely seeking uh, a, a, um, a dominant role, I'll say to you, in the biological warfare uh, area here, and they are doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing, is my guess, I'm going to ask you that question, And I think the terrorism aspect of non-state actors getting any part of these things around the world is a very dangerous uh, proposition. And I wonder how many labs or are there other labs around the world? You know, we always seen as a mad scientist, if other, these crazy, you know, people out there, uh, dictators and crazy non-state actors, if they're trying to develop some of these uh, biological weapons, what's, what's the fear factor here? And, and what's China's hands in this when it comes to biological weapons? What are they doing?
1: This statement shows a great progress from the United States government in understanding the whole pandemic. So I want and first answer your question. And I also, I want to further explain the meaning behind this statement. The so first is, uh, you know, now it's because of technology development. Uh, we actually, you know, uh, we heard some stories that people even can make the, make the drugs in their own garage or at home or something like this, because this is a protocol online, they get the materials from the underground markets, right? So let me tell you, actually, the coronavirus for the uh, trained uh, uh, scientists or trained uh, biological students, it is also like as convenient, as we heard about some people making drugs at home. So that means uh, if you have the BSL-3 level lab, or you have even BSL-2, but if you can handle it in a very, careful way using some kind of protection for yourself, then it's easy for people in that environment to reproduce such virus and also do some game function exchange, there is gain function modifications on this virus. Because I have enough experience in the lab in handling such virus and I can tell you this kind of protocol actually already published and they are called as scientific articles, and also these people, they are trained, and for example, you have biological students from university or PhD or other technical staff, and also this is variable cost tasks compared to some other weaponized tasks.
0: Are you concerned that that others are doing exactly what you're talking about? I mean, are, are you really legitimately concerned that there are others in these lower- and labs that are that are playing with this.
1: Yes. So this is a very big concern, even uh, just since the beginning of the whole pandemic. And I can tell you, based on my intelligence, that in mainland China, they start to put billions of dollars everywhere to those kind of hospitals or universities to help establish the BSL three labs. And those hospitals, they have enough patient sample, which means once they have the sample, they can get a viral sequence and they can collaborate with other labs to add more function or study the virus or do whatever things China government wants them to do. And the very terrible thing is most of these labs, they have not enough understanding of how dangerous the work is. They just wanna work because China does not give money to support it. They even don't know how to handle such virus properly. And also China spent a lot of money on the one belt, one road, uh, uh, all these kind of areas like Pakistan or other countries to help them make uh, study of the virus and also collect the novel virus from those places for for further development in the bioweapon program. Mm-hmm. These are all the very real concerns.
0: Yeah. So it could be, as you just say, accidental, or it could be deliberate. It could be either one, right? I mean, right?
1: It's up to what they want. It's up right. to what they want. It's right. like if, you, if someone's doing a chemical experiment in the garage, can be mm-hmm. accidentally see some accident or deliberately do something, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. When you're, when you're working with this, when Get you're me. working with bioweapons, that's a risk factor. There's always a risk factor.
1: Yes, but you also need to think about why China gave money for those people, those labs, those countries to do such programs. I mean, definitely China doesn't want accidental things happen uh, in this kind of uh, labs. Then why do they do that? And let's say bioweapon convention. So in those conferences, always emphasize that the, uh, the nations cannot do this. So why China is doing So why that did they do that? Answer that question.
0: Why did they do it? Yeah.
1: Then? As I have discussed with you actually, uh, China has uh, over over twenty years ago, China already established mm-hmm. their strategy that bioweapon, novel bioweapon can be the best way, one of at least one of the best ways for the Marxism communism to conquer the world because they know the high technology in this area, you need to spend a lot of money, you need to develop the whole system. And China has a big uh, distance, I mean, much lower than American other countries in technology uh, development. But for power weapons, it is because people share the knowledge through the articles and it's low cost and it needs a lot of the labor, human labor force, and we have enough labor force in China or even in Asia. So these are all the advantage for Chinese government. And it can be hidden, looks like from nature, and it can destroy the enemy's country, and even the enemy's country didn't know this is a weapon, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like you to listen very carefully, Dr. Le young to this clip from uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, okay? Um this yes. to me really sizes up. Uh it talks about the spike protein. But also the uh, the way this thing invades ourselves, and if you, if everybody just wraps their mind around this, I, I you know for anybody that has a doubt out there, that this is important because you know you and I have talked before about bioweapons. We we've been talking for a while, and you know you've been very clear on your position on this. But there still are a lot of people out there who don't really understand what this is, or they're in denial. They don't think this really happened. And again, the, the government is not saying they're not the United States government is not calling this a bioweapon. You know that they're they're not using those words, right? They're not saying that was COVID-19 was a bioweapon. Yeah. I haven't heard that from them. No. No, right? I mean, that's not it. So there's a and, and you know, and China's not admitting that, right? They're certainly not admitting that for sure. Um, so there's a lot of denial here. So let's listen to this. I think this explains number one, the spike protein, uh, this, the, how this invades our cells and more of why this is so dangerous. And also the vaccines, cause the vaccines, the spike protein is in the vaccines. So let's listen in here to Dr. Peter McCullough.
2: The spike protein is that bud or that stalk that you see on the surface of the ball of the virus. So the ball is the nucleocapsid, and the spikes sticking out of it that make it look like a porcupine, uh, those spikes are, are what's called the spike protein. The spike protein is 1,200 amino acids. It has about 12 kind of sugar connections called glycosylation side chains, and the spike protein has two regions to it. The S1 region is the outer region, and the S2 region is the region that connects to the nucleocapsid. Now, that outer region, it actually docks with a critical human receptor called the ACE2 receptor, and the gain-of-function research that was done in the Chinese lab, the Wuhan lab, aided by the United States, the National Institutes of Health, Allergy, and Immunology Branch, uh, that research allowed that spike protein, instead of being stuck and, and killed in the nose and mouth of human beings, allowed the cleavage... the spike protein called the furin cleavage joint and that allows the virus to invade the cells so this virus instead of staying in the nose like a common cold was designed to invade cells and once it gets inside the cells and starts spreading in the bloodstream then it's uh basically the virus is off to the races in terms of making people feel sick so that's the spike protein it does confer infectivity and virulence meaning the spike protein is actually what makes uh, COVID-19 and the SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus so uh, deadly is the spike protein. It's not the nucleocapsid. It's not the RNA or the stuff inside the ball. It's the spike protein. So what do we know about that? The spike protein itself in a paper by Avolio and colleagues directly damages heart cells. So cells in heart that causes myocarditis, FDA agrees. That's the reason why the FDA has a warning on it. The spike protein has been found in autopsy studies uh, uh, in the brain, uh, in the heart, Uh, the bone marrow, the spike protein has been identified in immune cells.
0: I thought that was a very interesting clip for everybody to hear. If you didn't hear that, uh, we talked about that, Dr. Peter McCullough and I, on uh, the uh, just recent Q&A, the number uh, 10, the 10th one we've done, and that is available on the America Out Loud network. You can see that uh, on the Site there, my friends are on podcasts now as well. Uh, those are most informative. Those programs are, uh, Dr. ming Young. I thought that was a very good description of the spike protein, and for people to understand in just just plain simple talk that you know, not with a normal influenza or normal coronavirus, this thing would you know invade your nose, mouth, throat area, and that would be it. I mean, you'd be sick but that would be that. Now this thing has been, uh, I, as I opened up in my earliest statement in the monologue, the, my words, it's been re-engineered. Uh, that's the bioweapon part of it I'm describing here, where it then now gets into your cells. And once it's into these cells, it raises, it raises hell with your body is what it does. And that's why there's so many unknowns with the way it impacts people. It impacts everybody differently. Some people have serious, again, the myocarditis, the heart problems. Uh, some people have major uh, problems with their, their heads, the brain fog. Others have problems, major hair loss. They've got you know, gastrointestinal, problem. I mean, it impacts everybody differently. Talk about, pick up where Dr. McCullough was there when he talks about how this thing I- invades our cells and the bioweapon aspect of that, please.
1: Oh, Malcolm, actually, uh, yeah, uh, Dr. McAllen is right in this point because uh, we all know that, and actually, in my Ian report from the first one, I have used the evidence uh, to explain to people why this is modified from the receptor binding uh, uh, against the human ACE2 receptor to the furrowing clinic site, and I uh, reconstruct in the lab what most probably the Chinese scientists, the military scientists have done uh, in their way to make it. So these are only two of the functions we clearly identified and we clearly have smoking gun evidence to prove that it's from the skin of function experiment uh, from the Chinese military scientists. And I want to help people to understand a little bit more about these functions. So the receptor binding function, you can uh, image it as you have the key to the lock of a house, and they make the key perfectly match the lock. That's why the virus with the key can lock your body easily, efficiently, and they make this lock much better than any other animal in the nature. That's why when scientists say that there is no other animals have better affinity than humans to that it 2 And if they don't lie, they would immediately understand. That means this is game function to target humans. And another thing is the your cleavage side. you can think it as when you use the key to open the lock of the body and the door may not big enough for this virus going in, but the furin cleavage site is somehow to help the uh, virus go through the door very quickly, very efficiently. Mm. So you open the door and then you go into the door, you go to your house and the virus can run in, in your house from uh, all the rooms. So that means in your body, uh, all the system with blood vessel because they have this receptor and because of the helping from furin cleavage site, The virus goes into your body and it will go around in your body from the kidney system to your brain and to your heart, to your lungs. That's why if you are vulnerable and have some underlying disease like the uh, kidney problem or like the diabetes, obesity, you will get worse uh, outcomes when you have this infection.
0: Wow 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 that was a great description you talked about with the lock you know somebody asked me just the other day uh, if this thing or if it infected animals or why didn't it impact their dog that well what you just said explains that right
1: yes because the mark on the dog for the key of the virus doesn't match. And uh, if it is going through the nature evolution, then from the back, the original host, to the middle host, uh, whatever species uh, virus, like raccoon dog, or civet cat, or other animals they want to find, then there should be a transition period that you always can find this virus have matched this uh, host very well, and then it can pass circulating uh, among these animals. And then when it jumped to humans, you know it has to spend time for the virus to get used to human logs, right? Mm -hmm. But this virus, they skip all the middle, all the middle uh, steps and directly like human and like human more than any other animal you can find. This is proved by even the China government with WHO. So let me tell you something very hilarious. In the WHO original report they published this year with China government in yeah. March, remember? Right. So they have shown it in the report that we have detected 10,000 or more samples from different virus we can find, and we didn't see this virus like those animals more than humans. But their conclusion is yes, this is from nature. So they better give you all the mice in front of you, and WHO endorse it. They are fooling people. They are cheating
0: people. That's what they are doing. So, Dr. Yan, is there any question in your mind that the United States government, although they haven't come out and said anything public about this, for many obvious reasons, I guess, is is there any doubt in your mind that they know all of this? They're very well aware that this thing was... uh, was a bioweapon and was everything you said, the lock to unlock our bodies was made to be able to threaten and get and terrorize our bodies in the way they have. And the way that Dr. McCullough said it invades our cells far more than any normal, just regular influenza or coronavirus. This thing was, it was weaponized. Is there any doubt in your mind that they don't know that they have to know that?
1: Um, I can tell you that I have met many people in D.C., from congressmen to senators' teams to state department people to other intelligence agents. Right. Uh, from the beginning, like back to last year, uh, they maybe some of them didn't realize it. Uh, but when I tell them uh, the evidence, when I show them the evidence, no matter scientific and intelligence, right. they realize and because they have their common sense and also their logic thinking. So they would understand and they cannot deny this is a novel bioweapon. And until recently, when I meet them, actually I see more and more people, actually most of them don't deny it, but it takes time for the American government or related departments to respond to it because China, as I said, will go back to bioweapon conventions, right? China spent 20 years in this kind of conference organizations and they changed the concept and they use the weakness of the concept of the whole system. So they finally choose coronavirus as something you cannot define as traditional bioweapons. And that's why you say the White House statement you just talked about, they have that no matter what happened, like the last sentence, through collective action to counter all manner of biological threats, naturally occurring and accidental and deadly breaks. Together, we can achieve global health security. Yeah. So they now like that something went wrong. They have to reinforce this cloud system and to defend such bio-attacks.
0: Yeah, and, and everything we're talking about right now, I mean, really, I mean, as simple as it is, and it's not simple, but, you know, Anthony Fauci, the NIH, which McCullough mentioned there, the NIH funding the Wuhan lab. And he mentioned that very diplomatically in the clip I played for folks. I mean, we have to believe that Anthony Fauci knows everything we're talking about. He knows this thing is a bioweapon, but he doesn't admit to anything. Is that a true statement or not?
1: If Anthony Fauci really has some common sense or logic thinking, I think he should realize it as a bioweapon already, uh, but you know, I don't personally uh, personally know him. So my answer is always, if he doesn't have such a judgment or common sense, then he should not stay in that position anymore.
0: Right, 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 right. But that's all right. So, I mean, the fact that he's the head of the NIH and the most reputable top medical doctor they supposedly represent in the government, you're right, he should know all of this stuff. And But we would both assume he knows every bit. I mean, he's got to know everything we know. They have to know back to uh, the way this was weaponized and the way that it's it's uh, invading our cells and the damage that it's doing. Yeah. I mean, they have to know all that. So they got to know this thing already, isn't natural.
1: It's already two years. Even if he doesn't know the first day he heard about the coronavirus, but I'm sure until now, if when he is in trouble, people see more and more evidence pointed that his hey, funding went to China to support this kind of programs at this game of function programs, he should already understand what happened. But what we have seen is he still sits there, and he still claims this is from nature, and he still denying his help to China government in facilitating this bio weapon, and also he still try to push people to get booster vaccination, get children vaccination, get mandate policies. This is very evil.
0: Yeah, 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 and, and this thing with the var- the variants that continue to come—we're two years into this thing now, and I mean, and the threats are still there—the the, the the mandates, the lockdowns, uh, the, the you know, the the horrible uh, <laughs> situation is still going on. Uh, doesn't seem to be an end in sight. They keep looking for something further to extend this thing. Uh, very interesting. This uh, statement, as you said a moment ago, Dr. Li Ming Young from uh, the White House, uh, from the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, was very interesting where they finally put some things in here in writing that we hadn't seen before. This was all, you're you're right when you say that. And, you know, I want to touch a minute on the threat Sullivan says in there, he says, we must explore novel measures to promote implementation, increase transparency, and enhance compliance measures that address the biological weapons threat of today and tomorrow. But the problem is, Dr. ming Yang, China is not going to agree to any of this stuff because they're surely not doing it now. They've got their own weapon, uh, their labs all right like you say. They've invested heavily into this field. And non-state actors, they surely are not going to go along with this uh, because they're just pirates of terrorism is what they are. So this statement, while it looks good on paper in an official statement from the National Security Advisor in the White House, it to me Dr. Lee Lee-Meng young and I don't know what you think but I don't think that statement that I just read is worth the paper it's written on I don't think it means anything because I don't think anybody really cares what do you say
1: uh, the thing is I you know we, we look back all the things happened from last year to now yeah many many things goes very slowly but we should know that something take time and especially very important things like to change the mouth, or to do some implement, uh, implementations in the uh, using the government uh, power. So in this statement, I have seen that clearly mentioned that they are going to reinforce this kind of action. And also they need to notice because it's very challenging work, but they will notice that nations and also also some other non-nation actors who are uh, funded by some nations to do this kind of uh, bioweapon weapon uh, development, so as I have uh, explained before, in China, in CCP's regime, they have studied about uh, weapon conventions, weakness and the thing is, the Bioweapon weapon convention, they already uh, although they have uh, some very good uh, standard or principles, but finally, you know, if there is any nation did bio weapon and some other countries, uh, the organization can do nothing. They only can turn it into United Nations and the United Nations will give the result. Somehow there is no any protocol to tell people what should they do to handle this nation. So you see? this is something without outcome. That's why China can do it. And China in the United Nations can battle to. Uh, Denying all this kind of action against China. The thing is now, United States government have realized the problem, and I hope they can push some kind of real protocols to end this problem. For example, we see that United Nations now start to bring Taiwan in, and we know in historic things that there is some problem. Actually, PRC China, the Chinese Communist Party, China. is not legal in the United Nations. And we say they start to talk about that, that there is a, a possibility that Taiwan can replace China in the United Nations. And I think what, what uh, I mean, all the things we can do is to help Americans to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And because this is still a democratic country, American people, can push your government to push forward all these things, going through United Nations, going through weapon convention organizations to solve this, finally. We need to give them this kind of pushing force.
0: Wow, wow. And uh, what you say about tai- Taiwan there is very interesting to me. I wanna ask you something more about Taiwan when we talk about the Olympics in just a bit here. Uh, to wrap this up now, uh, Dr. Lee ming um, the last piece I wanna to touch on, on this uh, before we move on with Jacob Sullivan is the global security. Uh, he says here, the United States is committed to working with all states parties to strengthen the BWC and with all responsible nations to end the development of biological weapons and the threat that they pose. Uh, Through collective action to counter all manner of biological threats, naturally occurring, accidental and deliberate, which is what you said a moment ago, together we can achieve global health security for everyone, everywhere. But listen, I mean, straight out, I ask you, uh, would China go along with this? I mean, would China ever, based on the investments they make and the way they want to dominate the world using biological weapons... I mean, I don't see them going along with uh, this statement here from the uh, national security advisor. Do you?
1: Malcolm? this is a very easy question. I mean, if the tiger there said, okay, I will let you go to my cave and I open my cave for you. There you go into the cave, see with the tiger to check the cave to see whether the tiger eats the meat. So this is the same for CCP. This is the gene in CCP regime in their ideology that killing people and wanna overcome the world. How could they make it transparent for the world to see the evidence? And dare you go to mainland China now? And you know, they have hosts some Canadians as a hostage and they can put you to prison, disappear you. They can force you, go to TV to say, oh, I'm wrong, I am out of China, I was wrong, spread rumor. So that's a question. How could you expect that if China is still the legal government? Mm-hmm. Right,
0: right. So you you believe then this COVID, or let me ask you if you do believe this, then this COVID-19 bioweapon designed that now has uh, devastated the world and changed lives and destroyed them forever you you believe or, or is this sort of a fire drill this covid-19 exercise i call it that china has done to the world what, could we or should we look at this as what we would call a fire drill for future bioweapon destruction
1: Yes, this is uh, not only a fire drill. This is the beginning. It's already started. This is the beginning, and they are making more and more such uh, normal, unrestricted bio weapons in their labs. Until now, they still think coronavirus is the best candidate, and they are accumulating the experience in handling the media, in handling people, in pushing the mandate promises all over the world. So that's what you have seen until now. This is not only the fire drill. If you are talking about the fire drill things, I can tell you more that before, right before the military games in Wuhan uh, in October, 2019, in China, actually especially the area around the Wuhan and the Wuhan, there was different military drills against emerging infectious disease, especially coronavirus can happen in the Military games. That is a strong evidence to tell the world that Chinese government already expected there would be such novel coronavirus uh, emerging uh, disease happen, and especially during the military games at that time. So it can tell you more about why it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it surely um, you know uh, should really rattle everybody's mind here, what we're talking about here with Dr. Myung Young, um, about this, uh, bioweapon and, uh, the statement from Jacob Sullivan, the national security advisor, uh, for the, uh, the white house, uh, you know, global security. I mean, it's like, uh, those words don't even mean anything right now because, you know, I, I do have, I've had a sense right along that this, um, Covid nineteen is is an exercise uh, for them to uh, really wreak havoc on the world with future warfare. You know, Dr. Li Mingyang talks there about Taiwan, and now we got the Olympics coming up. Remember in Beijing as well, and you know, there's a lot of tit for tat going on. On again, who's there? Always is because these games are always political. They say they're not, but they always are. And so now should the world participate in these should the United States government participate in these? Those are the questions. Now, what do you think out there? You know, I'll ask Dr. Lee min Young what she thinks in moments here. But, you know, what do we think? And then the, the danger and all that, too, don't forget, is it, you know, you talk about a Cold War. That would be a really you would, would be heavy into a Cold War at that point. Uh, And, you know, is it better to keep your enemies at the table so you can talk to them? That's another big question we need to discuss ahead. I mean, really, though, or do you get another Cold War and isolate them so there's no communication? And now there are bigger threats with hypersonic missiles being used uh, from China and Russia as well. Keep in mind. Wow. 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 My fellow Americans, the world is a very, very dangerous place right now. This amazing blue marble that we call planet Earth, uh, it's, it's of deep concern to, to me of what is uh, transpiring here. It has been for some time. I don't get a good feeling. I haven't had one in a while. This fight of good and evil I talk to you about all the time on The Voice of a Nation here uh, is front and center in the story today that we're talking about here. So you know, there's a lot to discuss here, clearly. Uh, while there may not be any straight, simple answers, uh, you know, we at least by talking about these things are more aware of them and begin to uh, uh, strategize on the way. And I, uh, there's nothing's easy here that we're talking about. None of this is easy, uh, as they say. You know, I mean, the cat's already out of the bag here, isn't it? You know, um, a lot of damage here. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where the quick answers are for this. There uh, probably are none, I guess, you know. But uh, then you come back to thinking, what's God's plans for this planet? Well, you know, sure. I mean, a lot of people believe God has it all figured out, but we have free will. God has given mankind. And, uh, you know, do we self implode, I guess, is the bigger problem or the question. It's very concerning, isn't it? You know, very concerning, uh, not just at this moment for this generation, but for life itself and future generations, when you see the escalation of military affairs that are happening in the cyber aspect cyber warfare biological weapons warfare and now you got the hypersonic missile warfare which brings in the nuclear capability as well that's that's a troubled world right there my friends you wonder at times why people can't live in harmony and peace don't you you know i mean what's the end game really hmm. i mean one planet we've been gifted here that life can can thrive and prevail, and yet, what are we going to do as people? Think about it in those terms, huh? It's remarkable. Uh, Well, listen, with all this said about the cells and all of this, uh, you know, you get a better understanding. Uh, Dr. Lee Min Young was so uh, terrific in the way she explained it with unlocking the body and all. And then uh, on top of what Dr. Peter McCullough had explained about the spike proteins and how those invade our cells, uh, and That's the weaponization of all of this, my friends. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. But again, uh, I, the thing I talk about every day is uh, now you see, and, and you know, you have to see the seriousness of this. You have to see the seriousness. You have to see the importance of your immune system, the importance of healthy cell. You've got to see the importance of these things, my friends. You know, if anybody's listening that hasn't taken care of their immune system, shame on you. If you're not engaging and getting the right products in you, and that's why I recommend Healthy Cell. I've been taking it for four years. I mean, they have a terrific line of products. And the new one, AC-11... You, you want to look at that. Uh, you hear Dr. McCullough talk about that a lot. I do as well, but that's that's a big one. And that's got a lot of the products that will help the development of your cells and fight these things off, as well as the AM, PM product. And all of their products are, are absolutely very worth looking at. They're terrific. Um, just You can click the banner ad back at America Out Loud to get more insight on this. It's, it, there's a lot there. I can't explain it all now, uh, but I encourage you to look into it and to... Uh, and, and to get some for yourself, all our listeners get 20% off uh, that first order. Just uh, use the code out loud or click the banner at, or just go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud. I highly, highly recommend them do that and get out and walk and see the trees and breathe. And, you know, I, and then I say, enjoy this life, you know, as we're being threatened all over the place. I know, I know. I, I get it. People I get it, but we, we have to do the best we can. We have to take care of ourselves and our bodies in the meantime as well. We'll take a quick pause here and we'll return your listening to The Voice of a Nation.
2: Dr. Peter McCullough, if you go to healthycell.com, you can check out the technology, the products of Healthy Cell. These are very innovative products. They are a form of bio-nutraceuticals that are bioactive and they come in a variety of categories one is daily essentials which are the bioactive multi and the vegan essentials and then the next category is performance and this is the REM sleep supplement I've talked about it a lot I think it's very effective and I recommend it uh, for myself and for my family but as well as my patients I'm having great luck with this because it is such a terrific product with um, a blend of I think is what's needed for not only promoting sleep but also getting quality sleep and one gets quality sleep, then there's restfulness, and the next day is better, and then the next night is better, and it becomes a progressively positive cycle for the human body, and the next product in the performance category is Focus and Recall, Focus and Recall, and I think that is the featured product that um, is coming into play for those with long COVID and brain fog that develops after COVID-19, the respiratory infection, but also after COVID-19 vaccination and then finally the main horse in healthy cell is the targeted support of immo- immune super boost immune superboost. and what we have here is a series of products that really can toe the line for patients who are working their way through the COVID-19 pandemic either at risk for COVID-19 have had COVID-19 and recovered, are in the post-COVID syndrome, which is now a diagnosis we put in the electronic medical record, and are suffering through a variety of manifestations of post-COVID syndrome. And then lastly, those who are in the throes of vaccine reactions of some sort, whether they be uh, acute serious vaccine reactions or the more common mild uh, prolonged vaccine reactions. We now know the spike protein lasts in the human body after the respiratory infection, or after vaccination for up to 15 months. We had this breaking development uh, brought to you on America Out Loud talk radio with Dr. Bruce Patterson on a recent episode. So we know this is the case. And so we know if the Wuhan spike protein is in the human body for up to 15 months, it's gonna cause damage, it's gonna cause inflammation, it's gonna set a whole variety of immune responses up working against our body and potentially damaging cells, tissues, uh, intercellular communication systems, and very importantly, influencing organ function. And here is where we need the maximum defense for the body, uh, the maximum and the most appropriate blend of micronutrients, uh, minerals, as well as vitamins to help the body get through this difficult time. So go to HealthyCell.com and check out the products and in the promotional code, use the term out loud for 20% off your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report.
0: Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And thank you, my friends, for being with me on the mission here. Uh, we have Dr. Li-Meng Young here, and we are talking a lot of things, China. We've, we've done a, a pretty good uh, job here, if you've listened to the full part of this program here now, of explaining this bioweapon and explaining um, what it's doing to ourselves and explaining the fact of why it is a bioweapon and why it isn't just another coronavirus. Uh, or just an influenza of some sort, and the, the way it's wreaking havoc on our bodies. Uh, but we're also talking about the future of mankind and the future of these bioweapons and what happens with all of this. Now, with all that said, uh, Dr. Li Min Young, I want to ask you something here. As we trends uh, for, I want to talk about the Olympics a moment here. Uh, and but, you know, you make a statement about Taiwan a few moments ago here, you talk about and I think you said and just help me on this, but you, you made a pretty declarative statement when you said, well, they should put Taiwan as the representative for the China government and make them in the United Nations and pull China out. Is that what you think should happen?
1: Yes, I do think that the CCP's China cannot be re- represented of the Chinese people, and because historically, CCP China is not the legal regime, and it was put there because Chairman Mao at that time steals the regime from the KMT who went to Taiwan later. And we see the development of Taiwan has proved that proven that the Chinese people can have the uh, very good democratic system, as well as like in Hong Kong before. So. This can be a very good example and when the United Nations and other international uh, organizations kick CCP China out, they cannot manipulate the other people in the organization and they will lose a lot of capacity to do the bad things all over the world after that. So it is very important. For other government to understand the history and realize the problems here, and first kick CCP China out of all these kind of international organizations.
0: Yeah, that would take an, that would take a pretty big act, though, because the UN doesn't really have provisions for the withdrawal of member governments. Um, they they don't make it easy at all. And I, I you know, what it would take to do that uh, when and, and it would be a battle for sure, because. You know, surely Russia and others—I uh, mean—they wouldn't want to have them pulled off, probably, because they see they seem Russia seems to side with the um uh, China a lot, or even with North Korea or hostile governments. Don't you think? Right.
1: Russia is never the friend with CCP ah. China. Ah. Russia always used China, get money from China, get land from China, passing ah. Marxism in China, and actually. China government is very coward. So, these CCP people, they worship Russia because they know if Russia government gets angry and they cannot fight back. That also tells you CCP China is a paper tiger. They only can scare people of doing the bad things underneath, like spreading virus, but they dare not fight against a real big country, no matter America or Russia. So Russia here is to, because, you know, Russia also need to find some partners when necessary. And this necessary means when China can give money and can listen to them, and they don't mind staying next to China. But you should know that when China released the virus, it also went to Russia. And actually, very interesting thing is, back to last February, Russia government was the first government in the world has published some statements that this virus was not from nature. And China even dare not to blame Russia anything. Is that, wow. Isn't
0: wow. it ironic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's let me ask you about the the Winter Olympics. Should well, should the United States boycott the Beijing Winter Olympics?
1: not only the United States, the whole world should boycott Beijing. And I just want to ask people, do you feel safe to go to mainland China, especially after the COVID pandemic, after the Canadian people hostage uh, case happened? Do you trust China?
0: There's no way I would go there, my friend. Not a chance. Not a chance. I know I don't trust them at all. So. Uh, but now, if, if if the world did, I mean, that would be a big undertaking. If the world did boycott uh, these Olympics in China, and if the United States did, they would have to show the lead. The U- U.S. would have to do it first, almost, to be able to create any sort of momentum. And not everybody would boycott it, uh, uh, anyways. But wouldn't that isolate China then, Dr. Li meng Wouldn't I mean, is that what is that what you want to do? Because they're not going to come to the altar. They're not going to come to the table of the altar and, you know, like uh, admit anything or apologize or change their ways, do you think? So what are we really trying to accomplish by boycotting them?
1: So we first boycott it, and that will make Chinese economic system that, uh, going down because uh, all the information shows that CCP China actually cannot maintain the economic growth well in Mainland China, especially when the world start boycott China. So that will make it its life um, cannot have the, any uh, nutrition to for this kind of regime, and so this will give a huge pressure to make the all the CCP regime destabilization, and also because. C C P China actually they have this motive to expand all over the world, and when you give the stress to push it back, and the China government, as you said, they start to show that like war wolf that strategies, right? They start to blame all the other governments. They start uh, start to tell the lies uh, to mislead the people, and in diplomatic situations, and this will all make the People in other countries realize more and realize better that how CCP behaves, and Mm -hmm. they would understand more that they should not trust China, and this is a evil regime. And finally, we should uh, disappear. So,
0: are you sincerely? Are you optimistic at all in regards to, depending how the world and the United States um, reacts and. well, develops this relationship more with China. Are you optimistic at all? Is there any optimism there? Are you, I mean, or are are you um, in fear of China or do, do you think we can handle them? Can the world handle China?
1: I always tell people this is a very good question. People ask me in the two speeches all over America I have done recently. They all ask me that whether I'm fear of, Uh, I mean, fear of China and also whether there is hope for the better future. And I want to tell people that first, I'm not fearful of China. I just know that this is the task I have to do and I'm doing the right things on the side with God and God is helping us. And also the other things I want to tell people that, yes, there is hope and uh, there is a very great hope in America. So I want to tell people, because I'm now going to different kind of places, I talk to people, I uh, see their responses. I see that many, many, many people, far more than you can see from media reports, that they actually understand what happened. And they don't want to be controlled by this kind of communism uh, ideology. And they want to fight back. This is the best thing I have seen ever. And I have seen it's a growing force against the communism because people in America, the brave Americans, they know freedom and democratic are very, very uh, valuable, important for them. And they are waiting to fight against it. So that is what I want to tell people. I'm always optimistic and I have seen the evidence to show the hope here and we definitely can do it as long well as we work together.
0: Amen, amen to that. You know, uh, I will tell you, uh, my fellow Americans this, uh, Dr. Lee-Meng Young is one of the most fearless uh, people I've ever met. Uh, fearless would be the right word I'd use. Thinking what she went through with, in the threats to her own life and having to leave her life there and her husband, and the threats that even from her family and others, and uh, the fact that she is such a fearless warrior uh, be the right word to use there. And thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud.